This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. joined by my co-host Devin Welsh. Thank you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem, Devin. It's great to see you. Uh, you came in early, which was nice. I appreciate that. And uh, John's uh, chair is still spinning, mm-hmm. which is weird because it was spinning last week. It, it makes me feel as though there's like some sort of ghost or something there. Um, Maybe there's a fan on. Yeah, uh, that, that's true. There is actually a fan on. Um, for Just an update, we've been getting a lot of uh, listener mail asking uh, if John's doing okay or like where he's at. As we've explained, uh, John is on like a maternity leave, but the, the dad version of that. And uh, I'm sure there's a word for it. But, um, but in the meantime, Dev, uh, you've known about this. It's kind of like behind the scenes like opening up the curtain uh, yeah. to our show. We 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 want to find a we want to find a guest host, somebody to uh, get in that spinning chair and um, give us the dynamic that you know the show kind of really needs. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and so we we retained the uh, accounting firm uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper. Uh, you may know them uh, from the Oscars, uh, Miss America pageants, etc. They are the uh, go-to source for, you know, uh, like confidential information and and that kind of stuff. Uh, they took care of the selection process for us. This has been an ongoing issue essentially ever since uh, John. When, right when we got the word from John that um, he was a father, we uh, started looking for a new host immediately. Um, guest host, excuse me, guest host. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we didn't want the uh, selection process to be biased in any way, but uh, we, we, we have a new guest host. Um, yes. The search has yielded a result. Uh, Abby Fiscus is the new, new guest host. Yeah, Abby Fiscus, who uh, coincidentally was also the person in charge of the selection process at PricewaterhouseCooper. Yeah, that was um, that's weird. It, it was her job to interview candidates and decide on the right person, and uh, she's nominated herself. She is now uh, going to be stepping hmm. down from Price Waterhouse Cooper hmm. um, to join the show. Okay, um, something that we we didn't advise her to do necessarily, but uh, we're happy no. that she's joining the team. Yeah, it it, it is. Uh, it's a bit odd for sure. She must have been probably the best candidate, I guess. Uh, it is interesting. We never did receive any of the emails that she promised to uh, show us the, all the the relevant people who tried out for the job. Um, I didn't yeah, get we, those. Did you? No, we didn't hear about any candidates except for her. Um, yeah. But you know, we're happy to have her, and um, 
yeah. We're happy to have one of the bright minds at PricewaterhouseCooper uh, joining the show. So this episode is actually um, supported by PricewaterhouseCooper. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, we had a little issue with the payment. Um, uh, trying yeah, to get that, we still owe uh, them a few a few dollars. We we can't yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. how we much. Don't, but you don't have to say that. Inflation. Uh, we, every prices are going up all across the board. Shortages. Yeah. It's so we we have a listen. We have a host shortage, and uh, we're 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 trying to we're trying to find. We're, we're just trying to stay above the water here, and I don't mean that in reference to our cruise where we a few people perished. We're still working through that legally, but then also this whole new host search that we're paying Price Waterhouse Cooper out the like just our bank account is. I can't even describe it. I'm getting anxious just thinking about it, but we're excited to have Abby. Uh, we will uh, be seeing Abby, who will probably explain exactly how she got this role next week. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. But, but we uh, do have, hey, Devin. We do have business to attend to here. That's right. And I was going to say, let's hop in our time machines and get into This Week this in History. Seventeen eighty-seven in Philadelphia, the Constitutional Convention completes work on the U.S. Constitution. The new charter for the new nation takes effect after a majority of the then thirteen states ratifies it the following year. Okay, right. So what we just saw there was a, a painting of a bunch of old guys wearing wigs in a yeah. kind of fancy room, kind of shouting and pointing at each other, and I suppose that's. A depiction of them finalizing the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, that, that incredible. Uh, I thought it was a photograph. I just thought it was a really bad photograph. But thank you for clearing that up. That was a painting. Quite the room they're in. Uh, don't know exactly like what the 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 setup of that day was, or like the weeks, the Constitutional Convention. Did they stay at a hotel? Did they like what wh- what's on the meal? Like was it catered? Uh, yeah, where do I park eating? my horse? Were they farting? Like, what did the room smell like? Probably not good no, at all. Not good at all. Like, yeah, not showering. And it, <laughs> yeah, and it's like thick, humid air. There's no like dehumidifiers back then or anything. So they're just the, the whoever's bringing in the food or, or or anyone like somebody needs a new uh, uh, quill, you know, and somebody has to bust into that room, and it's just like all these fat guys farting, and they probably they're probably quarter way to their drunken phase of the day oh more than a quarter and they're okay they must be smoking cigars something like that i don't know yeah. smoking tobacco in some form yeah probably like really dehydrated too extremely dehydrated i can't imagine again i i've been to europe and nobody uh is casually drinking water this is just a uh something that i a, a stereotype <laughs> that I like to make. It's not necessarily true, but it's just something I like to uh, notice. And I can I only think, imagine that back in the day, nobody was drinking water. I don't think it, water was like on the menu. It is true of Europe today. I feel people don't really drink water in Europe. And <laughs> okay, thank you. I feel like at the Constitutional Convention, they were drinking even less water. <laughs> yes, more and wine, more, more whatever. Just yeah, bad, bad mead. Stuff. They're drinking like mead and that kind of thing, like thick, like uh, just honey, like like it's it's not not good. Uh, so their breath or, is like awful. 
yeah, terrible. Nobody's br- they brush their teeth with pussy willows. Yeah, and uh, no toothpaste. Arm no. and Hammer wasn't around. No, unsure of when baking soda was invented. Probably um, not yet at that time. Not yet. And um, but hey, here's the thing: we uh, we did it once. We uh, we uh, in quotes. Uh, you know, we the they, <laughs> they yeah. wrote the Constitution back in 1787. And what I'm saying is, why can't we do it again? All right. Okay. Why don't we write a new Constitution? Why do we have to have this old ass Constitution written by these stinky guys like hundreds of years ago? Yes. Um, and it's, you know, it's working out, I guess, but also not really. Um it seems to be getting more difficult. Um, yeah. The document itself is kind of, you know, every time we need to go and check it to make sure that what we're doing, you know, is in accordance with the Constitution, we mm-hmm. pull it out and we touch it and it kind of breaks apart even more. We can read it like it gets smudged over time. Like there's a yeah. lot of fingerprints all over it. I got to be honest. I can't even read it. I, yeah, I can't even tell what's going on. Some there's of those parts of it that I don't think anybody knows what it says anymore. No, <clears throat> and and I know that there's a, a Supreme Court in the United States that is they I think have some sort of hold on this or know what's going on. Uh, we've spoken about so. the Magna Carta. We've spoken about that many times from fourteen, and the uh, it has been informing me on many things. Constitution, American Constitution. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm let's just say I'm like 800 years slow or something. Mm-hmm. But if you're but, listening out there, listener, uh, if you want to just take a crack at writing a new constitution, get together with your friends and put something onto paper. Yeah, and see what happens. You know, like when they did it, they 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 wrote this thing and this whole country sprang up around it and mm-hmm. uh maybe it could happen to you yeah i suggest you hop on uh, google.com and you get yourself a google account and you go into that drive thing and then just create a document share it with your friends say like hey guys just working on a new constitution um looking for input uh by the way don't hire price waterhouse cooper Actually, they're a sponsor today. You should consider hiring PricewaterhouseCooper to help you with your new constitution. But don't leave it only in their hands. Make sure that you're involved in the process as well, because otherwise they might just kind of give you yeah. a result that is kind of strange. Correct. And yeah, ask for a receipt. When they say, do you need a receipt? Say yes. I said no. I I, uh, I thought it was going to be on the... Uh, you know, just like an email receipt will help. Anyway, you get your friends together. This is like the cool Friday night thing to be doing. I'm sure back in the day at the Philadelphia Constitutional Convention, that's probably how it started. It's like, hey, let's meet up on Fridays or whatever. And then like, I don't know, maybe we'll go to Philly and hang out and party and uh, finish up that constitution. Um, yeah, I can only suggest you do this with your friends. It's It's a great way or your family. It's a great way to bring people together. It's a great way yeah. to reach out to a cousin that you haven't spoken to in years. And and uh, one guarantee is that when you write your constitution, you will smell better than the people that wrote this constitution. 100%. And so you'll just be off to a better start. Yes. Yes. That's so true. 
But uh, yeah, the, con- the Philadelphia con- the uh, uh, Constitutional Convention, stinky time. Uh, I've never been to Philadelphia. I'm sure that's the best spot to do it, though, I think. Um, Some of their farts are still actually hanging around in Philadelphia if you smell closely enough. Hmm. Um, hmm. That's something that I, I heard anyway. You heard? Okay. Yeah, well, that's... that's uh, I, I'm just thinking that we need to go to Philadelphia the next year and kind of finalize our constitution. But we should all bring our constitutions together and then kind of see what works, find the best parts. Uh, you know, I pretend you're James Madison or something like that. And, uh, I think you'll be good to go. But, uh, that, that was 1887 or something like that. Yeah. That, something like that. That's, 18. Blah, blah, blah. That was a dirty, dirty time. But, uh, I'm glad we know that now, but let's use that to inform us of what in the new. The new. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you knew about this, but I was out of town for a few days this past week because I was the master of ceremonies at the 2021 Toy Hall of Fame, where I announced the finalists. Uh, This is, as you can imagine, it's a Hall of Fame for toys. It's kind of like the uh, Toy Story movie, but in a uh, Hall of Fame type situation. Yeah, we got a. Yeah, this yeah, is the kind on. of thing that these, you know, the the framers of the Constitution could never have conceived of the the types of toys that are coming out in 2021 um, would have distracted the framers um, unbelievably. The Constitution would never have been written. No, not at all. So the uh, the it's at the uh, Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Uh, they announced, we announced that the, uh, 12 finalists for the 2021 in- induction include American girl dolls, which, uh, is kind of funny. That's what, uh, a few of the guys at the constitutional convention called their wives, uh, and the board game <laughs> battleship, uh, mm-hmm. of which I don't believe at that time the U S had any battleships. Maybe they did. They, they, no, they, they did. They did. Cause there was battleships in the civil war. So they were um, another that. another nominee uh something that you'd be surprised by billiards nominated for 2021 uh toy hall of fame an old favorite something that's been around for a long time but is finally getting its due yeah um, um they had to reclassify it uh billiards as a, a originally like a, a drunken man's sport uh of that requires very little physical um you know uh finesse uh, is now a toy. Billiards yeah. is now a toy, and it is entered into the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, they they brought in somebody's pool table from their basement, their childhood pool table, um, and is now in the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Other uh, other nominees include Cabbage Patch Kids, mm-hmm. Fisher Price Corn Popper. Mm-hmm. Mahjong, Masters of the Universe, Pinata, Risk, Sand, the Settlers yes. of Catan, and a toy fire engine. So sand itself. Yes. These tiny little rocks that you find um, on what Strewn we call beaches. across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
those are now considered a toy that is up for nomination into the National Toy Hall of Fame. So funny thing here, Devin, I have been spending years uh, trying to, again, reclassify some of these things to get them into the Strong Museum of Play. Uh, I was on a committee that sponsored sand mm -hmm. as a uh, toy, and uh, we we managed to get that reclassified. Much thanks to Price Waterhouse Cooper, actually. Um, Freak out helping. the cigars. Yeah, seriously. So that was in there. I found uh, some sand, like mm, you know, about uh, three thousand or so pieces of sand. Um, and I brought them in a little satchel that I have, and showed them to the, uh, the the showed the showed that sand to the leadership of the Strong Museum, and they were blown away. They could not believe how much uh, you know sand I had in that little satchel, and how perfect it would be for the museum. And on that note, a quote from Christopher Bench, vice president for collections at the Strong, who uh, I'm sure you were in close contact with, says. These 12 toys represent the wide scope of playthings mm -hmm. from one of the most universal playthings in the world like sand yep. to a game-changing board game like Risk to mm -hmm. the popular adult game of billiards. Mm -hmm. Whether old or new, for kids or adults, all 12 of these toy finalists greatly influence the world of play. Yes. Uh, it, it's great. So just want to let you know that uh, online voters are being called to choose their favorite in a player's choice ballot. And I encourage all listeners of Blue Man Group to check that out. Uh, it, online voting runs through September 22nd. So you have a little bit of time. And uh, these online votes will be counted as one member of the 23 member of the National Selection Advisory Committee, of which I'm on, uh, in choosing the official inductees. Uh, get your black tie ready, you know, uh, Crack the champagne, get that cigar. Uh, this is going to be one hell of a, uh, you know, uh, player's choice final. This, it's going to be incredible. And we do, we don't want to tip the scales or anything, but we do recommend that you vote for sand, sand. as the as the toy yes. to be inducted because um, that would be good for uh, the show financially and yes. uh, and otherwise. Yeah, so a little little thing here. We we've had our lawyers uh, working um, overtime. We get a little kickback for every piece of sand inducted into the Hall of Fame. As I said, it's strewn all over the world. Uh, I know John's not here, but John con continuously talks about his jeweler's loop that he throws into his eye to take a look at tiny things, tiny objects to see their true uh you know what they actually are a lot of the times he's incorrect on exactly what type of uh, rock or sand that is you may remember his uh john's uh false claim of uh fool's gold when we were talking about the chinese gold medal incident yeah um well and then when we showed him um when we showed him the sand uh we said well what is this and he and he looked at it and he said well this is sand and we said no it's a toy yeah you dummy. Right, exactly. I want to take a take a hard turn here to another story. Okay. Uh, a story that has relevance to us as we are small business owners 
engaging in a job search uh, today. And as some of you may know, um, people in America these days, they don't want to work. Um, There's so many job openings. And, uh, you know, uh, at Blue Men Group, there's no exception. We've got a We've got a laggard, um, a layabout that uh, has decided to uh, jump ship because the unemployment benefits are just so good. Um, and companies, not only Bloomin Group, but other companies are so desperate to fill mm-hmm. jobs these days that I know. they're getting rid of drug tests. You know what? About time, I say. This, this is an article from thetrustedmoney.com, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, something that we all uh, consider near and dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. The article begins, the global labor shortage has made work perks all but essential for companies scrambling to fill open roles. But in addition to promises of higher wages, flexible schedules, and free college tuition for workers, which we did guarantee to John, but he still is on his uh, his maternity leave for men, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one hurdle to getting a job is disappearing. In a survey out Tuesday from staffing firm Manpower Group, mm. 9% of employees worldwide said that they are eliminating job screenings, employers worldwide, sorry, said they are eliminating job screenings or drug tests in order to attract and retain talent. This is something that we actually specified with PricewaterhouseCooper about the, the job search, um, that we wanted to see uh, drugs in the blood of, yes. um, of any employee that we hire here. Yeah, we, we, we're, we have a bit of a different kind of outlook on this kind of stuff. Uh, also, Manpower Group, a company we tried to retain. Um, they said we weren't manly enough, but I mean, you, yeah. you, you listener, you be the judge of that. Yeah, seriously. But um, yeah, this 9% of employees worldwide saying that they're eliminating these drug tests. It just reminds me of some other unemployed, eligibly, eligible employees who are now unemployed the drug sniffing dogs who now are unemployed because the legalization of of certain drugs mm-hmm. it's just causing mayhem it seems it's causing chaos i mean with a, a good solid war on drugs we you know there's a clear line you know of who gets hired who gets fired mm-hmm. but with this legalization business it gets all it gets into a gray area it does. Um, and some yeah, 60, 69% of hmm. employers worldwide are having trouble finding the people they need, with countries like India, Romania, and Singapore reporting a particularly difficult time hiring. Hmm. The poll results, which include data from over 45,000 employers from 43 countries and territories, underscores just how desperate companies are getting. And we know at Blue Yeah, Man we're Group, desperate. We, yeah. While half of them are dangling monetary incentives, mm, Hmm. us, 20% are offering non-financial benefits like extra vacation days or, yes, the ability to do, in in brackets, certain drugs in the employee's free time without worrying about repercussions. We're going Hmm. one step further. We're happy with with employees doing drugs on the job. Right. Um, Something that John was never really interested in, and we thought that was kind of a... It's like, you know, it's like uh, when when you're at work and somebody's like, hey, who can step up and do this for us? And, you know, you're supposed to say, hey, I'll I'll take on that task because I want to impress the uh, the boss. You know, mm-hmm. uh, John, not too interested in impressing the boss. Not at all. He didn't want to smoke the marijuana. He didn't want to do the cocaine. He didn't want to do any of it. Um, the drug The drug screening landscape has been changing for years. The article goes on. In a 2011 survey from the Society 
for human resource management, mm-hmm. 57% of employers said they drug tested all job candidates. Just under a third said they didn't partake in pre-employment drug testing. Hmm. See, we test, but we want positive results. We don't want negative results. Yeah. Now, um, again, to, to open the curtain a little bit onto the show, Dev, we take a drug test before every single show. Is, is and that's We always correct, get positive right? results, and that's, right. that's a good thing. Yeah, and we thought that that's what you're looking for with the drug test. The first time I was asked to pee into the cup, um, I asked for the person who asked me for some of their pee, which they gave to me, and I did my own tests, but I wasn't sure what I was looking for, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And they're that testing created some for, confusion. They're testing for drugs, not for sobriety. You know what right. I mean? Exactly. Um, and how are you supposed to study? I was always told you're supposed to study for a test. I was informed that there was going to be a drug test, so I studied, as you do. Um, yeah, I partook in all of it, and, and they they said, you, you, you did it wrong. And so that's why we, we've kind of course-corrected with our policy here at the show. Yeah. Um, so, but the article, the article yeah. goes on. The movement to legalize marijuana has picked up steam since then, since 2011, with 36 states allowing medical use and 18 states allowing recreational adult use. Now, that's coinciding with the hiring crunch in a major way. In a current consulting group poll released last year, 36% of respondents who are planning to remove marijuana from their drug testing panels said it was because, quote, we are experiencing delays and or cannot fill positions due to high marijuana positives. Hmm. It's only gotten harder since then for companies to find workers to hire due to a widespread worker shortage. Now, so we've got worker shortages, we've got marijuana use skyrocketing upwards, and um, these two things are coming to a head, a kind of a, a contradiction. Yeah, and that just reminds me of a uh, an attorney we retained for some legal issues that we had, uh, C episode about our cruise that we went on. Uh, her name is Brittany Robinson. She just recently lost her job due to marijuana use, and she told the Chicago Tribune last month, it's archaic. Society is caught up to the reality of smoking marijuana on your own time. And people don't care. We need laws and policies that stop putting people out of a job for petty reasons. Absolutely. And uh, the article concludes, regardless of how you feel about drug tests, the data confirms that it's a candidate's market. According Mm. to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the U.S. had a record 10.9 million job openings this past July. Companies will continue to do whatever they can to get qualified applicants, including toking up or Hmm. taking up drug-friendly policies. How about that? So we at Blue Man Group are leading the charge in in that direction. We have the friendliest drug policies. Uh, We want we want people to work. We're excited that Abby Fiscus has nominated herself as the uh, the guest host, and we do expect that uh, she will be on drugs um, uh, during next week's show. Yeah, and and again, uh, just thank you to Price Waterhouse Cooper for just being a sponsor today and just. I don't know. I just feel very connected to that company right now. Uh, just the fact that they understand where we're going with this. And uh, I don't know. It just feels great. It feels like we're in a new frontier, you know, and, and, and it just feels as though, like you said, we're on the we're the vanguard of this kind of uh, mentality. So 
so another another pivot speaking mm -hmm. of new frontiers as we embark on a new frontier uh scientists business people um the leaders of society are embarking towards old frontiers oh we've got a headline here from the guardian the science department firm raises 15 million to bring back woolly mammoth from extinction what 10,000 years after woolly mammoths vanished from the face of the earth, scientists are embarking on an ambitious project to bring the beasts back to the Arctic tundra. No way. The prospect of recreating mammoths and returning them to the wild has been discussed seriously at times for more mm -hmm. than a decade. But on Monday, researchers announced fresh funding they believe could make their dream a reality. How about this? So let's, let's just let's take a step back here. For those of you who don't know, a woolly mammoth is essentially a hairy elephant. Uh, mm -hmm. from prehistoric era uh, as we know we have the technology too we, we could kind of do anything these days and I imagine they got a little piece of the woolly mammoth tusk or uh, bone under the ground in Saskatchewan or wherever they find these woolly mammoths and they want to recreate them and and send them up to the tundra up, up way up north uh, un, un, unknown why why they want to bring these back uh, I don't is it potentially to staff is it because of the staffing shortages or yeah in an unrelated anecdote uh, we mm -hmm. can confirm that there was no drug testing policy on the team uh, around uh, bringing back these woolly mammoths yeah so we cannot confirm nor deny whether drugs were involved in the decision-making process yeah, so this boost, this $15 million boost, uh, was raised by the bioscience and genetics company called Colossal. Very good name for that uh, company. Uh, Co-founded by Ben Lamb, uh, a tech and software entrepreneur, and George Church, a professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School, who has pioneered the new approaches to gene editing. Um so we're getting into some crazy territory here. We're using br uh, breakthrough technologies to try to bring back the past, bring back extinct species. Mm -hmm. um, this is a, a topic that was, of course, covered in the hit film Jurassic Park. Correct. Um, we hope that the outcome will not be the same, but uh, we can conclude that it probably will be. Yeah, it most likely will be because these scientists have set their initial sights on creating an elephant mammoth hybrid by making embryos in the laboratory that carry mammoth DNA. The starting point for the project involves taking skin cells from Asian elephants, which are threatened with extinction, and reprogramming them into more versatile stem cells that carry mammoth DNA. The particular genes that are responsible for mammoth hair, insulating fat layers and other cold climate adaptions are identified by comparing mammoth genomes extracted from animals, recovered from the permafrost, with those from the related Asian elephants. So, so yeah. As the, as the global temperature gets warmer, we're now bringing back species that are specifically adapted to much colder temperatures. Yes. Um, not sure if Great that'll move. work out. Great and the, another thing, we're taking, uh, taking DNA from uh, a species, Asian elephants, which are threatened with extinction. So rather than trying to work on... Uh, making sure that the Asian elephants don't become extinct. Mm -hmm. We are just stealing their DNA to bring back uh, an already extinct uh, species. 
Yeah, this is interesting. It's I, I've been recently uh, researching uh, zebra horse hybrids, Zorses. Uh, unsure if they're real or not, but YouTube seems to indicate that there are some interesting, weird animal hybrids. Uh, this seems to be the next frontier of science where these uh, crazed scientists sponsored by companies with names like Colossal are just going to start uh, taking random pieces of DNA of whatever they choose and then making some insane hybrids and then sending them to tundra areas. Known as, uh, we covered this in an earlier episode, chimeras. That's correct. Chimera. Um, so, so this is a throwback to the chimeras episode, um, something that uh, you know is a hot button issue these days. Yeah. The creation so, of these kind of uh, Island of Dr. Moreau style uh, uh, remixes. Yeah, re it, exactly. It is a remix. This is remix culture. This is sample culture. This is hip hop. This is all of that uh, put into the animal kingdom. So these scientists go on to say, our goal is to make a cold resistant elephant. Huh. Uh, but it's going to look and behave like a mammoth. <laughs> Not because we're trying to trick anybody. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. But because we want something that is functionally equivalent to the mammoth that will enjoy its time in negative 40 degrees Celsius and do all the things that elephants and mammoths do. In particular, knocking down trees. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, we want to make, make a fake mammoth. Yeah, that will enjoy its time uh, for the next what couple of years at mm -hmm. minus forty degrees Celsius uh, before it heats up and do all the things that elephants and mammoths do. In particular, knocking down trees—the very thing that will save us from continued uh, global uh, warming temperatures. Yeah, I'm 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 a bit unsure if these scientists know uh, some of the ground level aspects of uh, the Earth. Um, these are yeah, things that so I learned. They're so zoned in on, on bringing back the mammoth that they are they they've missed the fact that uh, Siberia has been on fire for the last few summers. Mm -hmm. um, somebody should get in contact with them. Yeah. Um, they, the project, uh, the article goes on. The project is framed as an effort to help conserve Asian elephants by equipping them with traits that allow them to thrive in vast stretches of the Arctic, known as the Mammoth Steppe. But the scientists also believe introducing herds of elephant-mammoth hybrids to the Arctic chimeras, tundra may help restore the degraded habitat and combat some of the impacts of the climate crisis. Oh, for example, by knocking down trees, the beasts might help to restore the former Arctic grasslands. Okay, now I'm starting well, to get it. I'm also thinking, uh, isn't the idea of tundra that trees don't grow there? I I have to trust these scientists. I mean, I true, I don't true. I don't really know, but um, but 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 not all scientists uh, think the same. The article no. goes on to say not all scientists suspect that creating mammoth-like animals in the lab is the most effective way to restore the tundra. <laughs> My personal thinking is that the justifications given, the idea that you could geoengineer the Arctic environment using a herd of mammoths. Isn't plausible," said Dr. Victoria Herridge, an evolutionary biologist at the Natural History Museum. The scale at which you'd have to do this experiment is enormous. You are talking about hundreds of thousands of mammoths, which each take 22 months to gestate and 30 years to grow to maturity. Okay, buzzkill! Like, come on, okay. why, why can't we do this? Like, we've got 30 years, don't we? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I th- uh, don't, don't don't we? Yeah. Lamb said Lamb. So Mr. Lamb, the uh, the genius behind mm-hmm. these hybrids, our goal isn't just to bring back the mammoth, but to bring back interbreedable herds that mm. are successfully rewilded back into the Arctic region. Whether Asian elephants would want to breed with the hybrids is, for now, unknown. We might have to give them a little shave, said oh, Church. Oh, what does that mean? What does so, that mean? This all boils down to whether Asian elephants would want to have sex with these hybrids potentially grown in a lab. Hmm. Um, this is a kind of maybe a, a forerunner to the question of whether humans are willing to have sex with genetically created human beings we don't know um yeah i i i can see how this is gonna work in a way i'm seeing like very uh, like a clear i'm having a clairvoyant moment seeing like 10 15 years into the future about this i have a feeling the next thing we're gonna do is teach them how to code i yeah i mean well they'll have to if they want to survive in today's economy uh, but true. Gareth Phoenix, uh, hmm. an appropriate last name, Phoenix rises from the ashes, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A professor of plant and global change ecology at the University of Sheffield said, while we do need a multitude of different approaches to stop climate change, we also need to initiate solutions responsibly to avoid unintended damaging consequences. That's a huge challenge in the vast Arctic where you have different ecosystems existing under different environmental conditions. For instance, mammoths are proposed as a solution to help stop permafrost thaw because they will remove trees, trample and compact the ground, and convert landscapes to grassland, which can help keep the ground cool. However, we know in the forested Arctic regions that trees and moss cover can be critical in protecting permafrost, so removing the trees and trampling the moss would be the last thing you'd want to do. Oh my god, I'm so conflicted. I don't know where, where I should be on this. I don't know whether we should bring back the mammoths or not bring back the mammoths, um, but it seems as if the balance of life on Earth, uh, I mean, sorry, that life on Earth hangs in the balance of this mm-hmm. question. Um, it really all does boil down to, should we create the elephant hybrid, uh, elephant-mammoth hybrid or not? Yeah. Um, I, I, I would like to, uh, personally speaking, I would like to get back with the... Uh, the uh, uh, excuse me, the uh, National Selection Advisory Committee at the uh, Strong uh, Museum for Play in Rochester. I feel as though those people could help me. Um, yeah. Because why don't we bring back old toys, like old tops and thank stuff thank you. From the 18th stick, century. Yes, yeah, stick drills. and ball, jacks, marbles. These kinds of things are much easier to bring back than, let's say, the woolly mammoth slash Asian elephant hybrid. Uh, yeah. That will do much less damage. Just an idea that I have. Uh, we'll no see DNA if the, the, the scientists like that. I have a feeling they won't. Um, but again, this is this is the act of playing God. Do we want to be doing this? Do we want Devin? Do you want to be God? Of course. Oh, okay. So then we're gonna yeah we're gonna do it. We we are a hundred percent behind bringing back the woolly mammoth to trample trees and restore the uh, ground of the permafrost area <laughs> i think i think that's what <laughs> i think that's what's happening <laughs> we sign off on it anyway all right everybody we're going to 
jump out of the what's in the news and hop into a new segment. The Vigilante Volunteer of Zavik. So, Dev, I would just like to, in in the face of all these job shortages and that kind of stuff, kind of shine a light uh, on some of these kind of volunteer employees, I guess you could say. How how, how would you put that? Yeah, I would call it a, a sort of a countercurrent um, to uh, these job shortages, a kind of a glimmer of the future, a glimmer of a utopia even, in fact. Right. Um, a world in which people, uh, rather than not wanting to work because the pay isn't good enough, they want to work for free. That's it. So right here we have a headline. Man with stolen Disney iPad caught giving a tour at Hollywood Studios, deputies say. So Hollywood Studios is a, a, a theme park of sorts. I guess that's kind of a name for Disney or something like that. Uh, deputies say a man accused of trespassing was giving a tour at Disney's Hollywood Studios with a stolen company iPad. Authorities were called to Hollywood Studios in June for a trespasser, later identified as Renan Carletto, according to officials. Deputies say an investigation manager with tickets and resort fraud for Disney discovered unauthorized overrides on reservations in a Walt Disney application that was for employee use only. So this app can give someone access to the front lines without having to wait and is only installed on Walt Disney World devices. Mm -hmm. The investigator told deputies he believed somebody had a company device without permission to make the overrides. So the investigator said he saw Carletto giving an unauthorized tour within the park and leading the group into the into a line of one of the rides. So I wonder how these investigators could tell that it was an unauthorized tour. Yeah, maybe he wasn't wearing the proper uniform or maybe they didn't recognize him as an employee. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, hold your judgment until we finish the article here. According to an incident report, Carletto bypassed the line after presenting tickets. The investigator with Disney told the staff to cancel the reservations for Carletto and his guest before they got onto the ride and followed him out into the parking lot to see if the man would attempt to make more reservations. The report continues that the investigator and an off-duty working at the park approached Carletto and asked to speak to him. Hmm. Carletto told the men he worked with A-Class and did have a Disney device with him to make the reservations, the report says. Authorities say Carletto gave the iPad to the Disney investigator, adding that he had been given the device by his boss, quote, Tony, hmm, saying Tony. that he did not know it had been stolen. Officials say the investigator has dealt with, quote, Tony in the past for the same issues, but could not provide further information on the man. Hmm. It is unclear how the iPad was obtained outside Disney property. Carletta was issued a trespassing warning by Disney for all its properties. Wow. This is like a, uh, there, there's that term, Disney adult. I, I believe that uh, Carletto is the, the, the true Disney adult, taking kind of their own, you know, showing some responsibility, uh, picking up some of the slack, uh, so to speak. Now, I just wonder, when when Carletto was booking these uh, tours, was Disney getting paid? Because I don't think Carletto was 
like taking cash or anything. I, I, that's what yeah. I don't understand. Like who, who's benefiting here is what I would like to know. Yeah, exactly. Qui bono, uh, mm-hmm. which listeners will, will recall from, uh, last week's episode, uh, is a good question to ask here. Tony, does Tony benefit? Does, uh, does Carletto benefit? Does Disney benefit? Um, we're not sure, but, but the solution, uh, that Disney, uh, that Disney, uh, came to a trespassing warning for Carletto on all its properties, we think is the exact wrong thing to do. Exactly. We think that Carletto is kind of part of, he's one of a few different, uh, characters that you see popping up these days, people that are willing to take on jobs that are most important in our society and to do it for free. Mm-hmm. To do it without having to go through all the red tape, all the all the bureaucratic, uh, yeah, shitstorm, tax and, forms, W two, I nine, ten ninety nine, all this stuff. Yeah, just go straight to it. Get the iPad. Go to Disney. Start giving tours. Get people what they want. People need entertainment. People yeah. need fantasy. They need to be. They need to have their day brightened up. Yeah, you know that's what that's what uh that's what Disney's all about. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hollywood Studios. Why? Why do you need orders from uh, Walt Disney's grandson or whatever about what Mickey and Minnie are up to when you have go getter like Carletto who's out there signing people up in the parking lot, uh, working with Tony? Tony obviously is interested in in getting bodies through the door. You know, like this is, hey, what like okay, there's more people, there's more eyes in that Hollywood Studios park than there were before, and they're getting the information straight from what I believe is a trusted source. Somebody who's so enthusiastic about Disney that he's not even getting paid doing what he's doing. He just loves, he loves the job. It's not even a job, it's a a vocation. Yeah, and he's getting harangued by uh, Disney investigators uh in the in, in the parking lot that 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 just that annoys me the fact that they had to do this in the parking lot of Hollywood Studios to to confront uh I'll I'll say it employee uh of Disney um and also this iPad situation okay it may have been Disney's iPad but I use my mom's iPad once in a while when I'm hanging out with her it doesn't mean like you know that she uh, she like runs my my show or whatever. I'm just trying to use an iPad. Just let the man use an iPad. Yeah, and and so this this phenomenon that we're describing is not an isolated case. This is something that we're seeing more and more happening around the United States and possibly the world. But we'll have to do more research on on that aspect. That's Another true. article kind of. Uh, you know, gets at the same phenomenon. Massachusetts National Guard activated to help deal with school bus driver shortage. Hmm. Um, the Massachusetts National Guard has been activated to help with the state's shortage of school bus drivers. Up to 250 members will be available to cities and towns, the state announced on Monday. They will be able to drive school transport vans known as 7D vehicles. Well, perfect. That's so this great. is another example of volunteering. Just step up. Get get the job done. Get the in things there. that we need yep. to get done. I mean, De- no, de- zero offense to our uh, National Guard brothers and sisters, uh, but I don't think they were up to anything, anyways. So why not yeah. just get into a bus? Who's got a license? Is what I would say. You know, look at those yeah, hands who, go up. Oh, bunch not even of them. who's got a license, but who who 
has the experience to drive this bus. We even, don't need to talk about licenses. We even don't need better. to talk about paperwork. That's so true, Dev. I love that. You know, and and of course the national the Massachusetts National Guard is going to step up. So we got a quote here. It says, "Once it became pretty clear that there were going to be some communities shorthanded, it wasn't going to be a vehicle issue. It was going to be people with CDLs. So that is a commercial driver's license. You know, you need to have a specific license." Uh, but again, who, who, who cares? Uh, uh, we started right. talking to the guard, uh, said Char uh, Governor Charlie Baker. Good guy. I was just chatting with him last night, actually. And uh, according to the governor, there were already members with commercials driver license for professional or guard related reasons. Uh, there are a bunch of communities who have said they're interested in this and we're glad to help them because it's important. So. Yeah, this is a step in the right direction, but at Blue Man Group, we feel that the envelope should be pushed a little further to say, rather than just, oh, we, we have people in the National Guard that have the proper license, we should say, hey, forget the license, forget the National Guard, just anybody that is willing to do the job should be given the job and celebrated. Yep. Um, and we have some other anecdotal examples of that uh, mm -hmm. phenomenon taking place. Um, the subway train driver, I, I don't know his name. Yep. Maybe you can fill in the uh, the listeners. Yeah, on, unsure uh, of his name. Example. Unsure of his name as well, but that was a, a man in, in New York City who uh, had kind of a genius level understanding of the transit system within New York and kind of stepped over the red tape, so to speak, and just got into a few of the tra trains and was actually more efficient uh, in his knowledge and capabilities uh, but was, I believe, later arrested for uh, trespassing and, and just driving the trains, even though he probably knows more than the average, uh, uh, you know, subway engineer. Another one that comes to mind is uh, a friend of ours that we covered who was delivering meat door to door without mm -hmm. a license. That was on some local news where they were saying, please keep an eye out for this unlicensed meat vendor who was coming door to door selling steaks and beef and that kind of stuff may not have had and, a license, but he was doing it. And, uh, and another great example of this, uh, the famous, um, Dr. Malachi love Robinson, mm. um, a young man, an enterprising young man that Teenager, decided yes. to step up and become a doctor in his community in Florida, mm -hmm. uh, practicing medicine, uh, clearly capable, clearly, yes. uh, great bedside manner, great, yep. uh, allegiance to the Hippocratic Oath, mm -hmm. um, but was shut down uh, due to the red tape. He did not have the proper credentials, the proper degrees. Um, but um, we at Blumen Group feel that, you know, we're holding back what is kind of a burgeoning phenomenon, something that is starting to appear in our society that um, that the bureaucracy does not want us to embrace which is volunteers uh, stepping up and taking on the dirty jobs that uh, that we need done. Exactly. And and some of some of you are saying like, OK, but what about like uh, pay? Like people should be paid for their work. That'll come later. That that all of that stuff's going to come later. Listen, if you if you if you want to get paid, uh, just keep doing this kind of stuff. You're now allowed to do drugs while you do this kind of work. So that's. And that's like a benefit of sorts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's just a changing world. And we're, we're keeping an eye on all of these labor issues because we want you to be on, again, like I said, the vanguard of these kinds of, uh, you know, rolling operations that are happening within our society. So in this article, it goes on to say that uh, all drivers will need to complete training. We know that that's probably not true. Uh, Baker said that the cost will be reimbursed by the federal government since it's a COVID-related issue. Just like I said, you'll get paid later. Don't worry about it. Uh, And we have some uh, people here saying we are grateful and thankful that somebody was definitely thinking out of the box. Uh, A beta said, unsure who a beta is, that name. Oh, sorry. That is the Chelsea school superintendent, Almi Albeta. Um, But yeah, that's what we want. We want... Outside of the box thinkers, we want people that are willing to follow their interests, their enthusiasms, where wherever it leads. Yeah, and that's and just do the job. Yeah, that's one of the things that we've always we we hate boxes, and I'm generally outside of the box. I don't even like boxing, uh, mm-hmm. just just because I don't like the fact that it's a square, like everything's inside that box. I think outside of the box. So this just you know it it, it really hits me hard. Um, yeah, so when Abeta got that call, said, when I got the call, I was like, oh, that's an interesting solution. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, that really sums it up. Mm-hmm. That's what we say to all of these phenomena. We say, well, that's an inter- interesting solution. Yes, okay. Exactly. That is, that's a verbatim, actually, what we've been saying. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that's what's in the news. And that's uh, the, uh, a, a, a segment that we like to call the vigilante, the vigilante volunteer, volunteer of Zavik. So as we close out on our uh, episode here, just Devin and I hanging out again, that uh, John's uh, chair is spinning. Uh, if you are just joining us <laughs> for some reason uh, on the radio here, uh, you may know that John is now a father um, and he is on... Uh, maternity leave for men um, that we have been legally uh, well I, I won't get into the legal issues with that we, 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 we kind of been trying to work with John he hasn't really responded to any of the messages uh, I do think he has been trying to call me but I've been kind of ignoring all phone calls but but forgetting about John for a minute, let's look at these numbers because we're we're up big time. That's right. Uh, over the previous fourteen days, we're up thirty nine percent. That's huge. Um, we've got we've got numbers rolling rolling in. Last seven day downloads two hundred and forty seven. Holy shit! I can't believe it. That's like uh, that's the most I think. It could be. It might as well be. 5,651 all-time downloads. Last 30 days, uh, 693. Rounded up to 700. Why not? Might. Fine by me. Um, we've got uh, first month listens on all-natural Pope Treats, uh, 89. Uh, first week, same, 89, because that was last week's episode. So mm-hmm. um, we're doing good here. We're, we're keeping going despite, despite John's absence. Uh, Numbers are shooting way up. In fact, higher than maybe they ever were when John uh, was 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 hosting. Yeah, that is weird how that works. Um, looks like our geographic uh, statistics. Looks like Canada has been knocked out of the number two seat. 
Yeah. For the United the Kingdom. The UK has stepped up since John's absence to become the number two, uh, the number two location for 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 Blue Men Group listeners. Yeah, and uh, our our uh, Central European country of the week uh, is once again Austria, which is tied yes. with Argentina. Yes, yes, yes. Argentina and Austria and Australia coming in fourth, fifth, and sixth in reverse order. Uh, we've got the A countries locked down, folks. Yes, we, we like to do things alphabetically, which also starts with an A. Um, listen, we've got uh, actually South Africa, Austria, and Argentina are all tied at 1% of our listenership. Mm-hmm. So that's 3% total if we count all of them together. Wait, but we have a new We have a new country here, I'm seeing. Whoa. Woo. China. China. We've got one listen from China. One a single listen. Listen from China. Now, if, I if only you're really out there, know one person in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xi Jinping? Yes, Xi Jinping, the uh, leader of the country. I have been trying to get in communication with him for an interview on the show. So I have a feeling that could be... Potentially he's listening to the last episode we did. Maybe he's listening to... Maybe it was about... Because we did that uh, the bronze statue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. He's probably yeah getting some important outside feedback on, on that situation. I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, everybody. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. We, we're... Things are looking up. Things are looking up. We've... Uh, Again, thanks to the help of PricewaterhouseCooper, the accounting firm, we are bringing on a new uh, new host. Happy Fisk. Host, guest host, whatever it guest is. Guest host, whatever you want. We're um, open. We're open-minded. Again, if anybody has contact with John Biedron, the co-host, please let me know. I am trying to get in contact with him about some legal issues that we have with regards to labor laws. Uh, John, just be on the lookout for uh, the gift basket that we've been trying to send you that we believe could uh, smooth over some of the issues that we've had because of your uh, disappearance, let's say, and the fact that I legally have to say that you're on uh, maternity leave for men. And listener, please let your friends know about this podcast because that's the only way. Thank you so much for listening. Devin, thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.